Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes. Hey, I'm Dr. Fuck, and with me is... Oh, yeah! The Ayatollah Alcoholic in Wadley. What was that, a Grolsch? That was a Grolsch, Yeah, yes. I noticed. It wasn't a beer crack. It was a Grolsch. Yeah. It was a Grolsch little... It cop. was a pop. I'm out, I'm out of fucking canned beer. I'm drinking all bottled beer tonight. Because I got to get so fucking inebriated to talk about this horse shit. Oh, my God. You know, I listened to this album one... All right, just so you... Well, before we get into the album, we have two people on the show with us. This is the first, right, Ian? We've never done a... Oh, yeah, we did the Crazy Nights with four people. Yeah, but not with two people as horrible as the two we have today. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Well, first, let me introduce them. All right? Yeah, yeah, you do it. First, uh, we have the original co-host of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, Mr. Terrence Reardon. Or should I look, let, let me say it differently. Terrence, how did I used to say it, Terrence, on the show? Terrence Reardon, the rock sponge. Uh, uh, Terrence Reardon. Hey, you're Terrence Reardon on this show, dude. Right. It's hello, Terrence ladies Re- and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Uh, are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? And, Let's do it. It's Freddie Mercury said. And... For the first time, actually, he was on the greatest, probably the greatest rock and metal combat podcast ever that wasn't. Oh, by, by far, Mark was part of the greatest one we yeah, ever did. Yeah, and we lost it. It was yep. the, probably the best show we ever did. It's a folklore show, yeah. but we're going to so, try to make it up. So, so what the fuck does that say about you, Terrence? This asshole was on the greatest episode we ever did, and it never even aired. Sorry. We had to sit through like 17 of your shitty fucking episodes. Good Lord. Good Lord. Oh, man. God damn it. All right. Whatever. Oh, well, we have the host from the rock. What is it? Uh, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark Alden Taylor. Hi, Mark. Hello, guys. Mark is uh, parked somewhere. <laughs> That's where the sirens are coming from. Right, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're trying to arrest him for being a shitty podcast, and I hope they throw away the key. Oh, my God. And, uh, oh, shit. And we are going to try to capture lightning in the bottle again with another Van Hagar review. We did one before, and it didn't work out. Look at this shit. What the fuck? Oh, fuck OJ. Thanks. Mark Allen Taylor did it. Hey, he hates white women. They're chasing somebody because uh, they can't drive 55. Uh, I think somebody just stole a corn dog. <laughs> no, I, I think they're chasing your original dentist. <laughs> oh, fuck. oh my god. So, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna review the four unlawful carnal knowledge Van Hagar 1991. One. Or one? Okay. Yeah. Shit. Ian, did you hear that? I got this shitty album right. Yeah. All, yeah. The, all these fucking uh, classic albums, I get the years wrong. This one I got right. The yeah, fuck's well, nobody wrong forgets me? the Holocaust, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
This is funny. True story. So we're gonna we're gonna go into this. Uh, I can tell you when I first heard it, but I never bought it, so I can't tell you. So, uh, Ian, you did you buy this one? I know you used to buy Van Hagar albums back then. Yes, I I did. This was the last. <laughs> this was the last studio album that I bought by them. Ugh. What did you think yeah. back then when you bought it? I mean, obviously, when you bought it, you were like anticipating something, right? I mean, that's what happens when you buy something you want to hear and you're anticipating it. Right. Well, uh, well, here's the thing. Like when I really came into Van Halen, I mean, I knew him because my dad loved Van Halen. You know, real fucking Van Halen, not this fucking Bette Midler bullshit. Uh, you know, I, I I came on during 1984. <laughs> So I was like, oh, yeah, you know, and then, you know, they came out with this inferior product and I kept buying it, hoping I would get into it. But as I'm buying this inferior product, you know, I'm discovering true Van Halen and that's like, you know, I'm such a fan. I was like, well, maybe they'll get it right next time. Maybe, you know, this will be it. And uh, this was the last studio album I bought. And looking back, you know, when this came out, I was 17 years old. And you're a little I, too old to be buying this shit. Yeah, I know, right? And I, I, and actually, this is the first one I bought with my own. Well, no, actually, I was still stealing parent, stealing money from my parents, uh, and grandparents. <laughs> but uh, uh, this was the last studio album I bought. I had my nervous breakdown when the live album from this tour came out. That's when I fucking snapped. That's when I fucking lost my fucking mind. And I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in the mall, and, and I bought that, like, right here, right now fucking live album. And, and hearing fucking Bette Midler sing fucking Jump, I lost my fucking mind. I was like, I can't take it. This, this will never work. This is fucking horrible. This is everything that Van Halen is not is this crap. But, I, I mean, I remember when this came out, man, and I remember... You know, drive around Blair and Pound Cake and, you know, a couple other songs. Uh, but I don't remember the rest of this. It was much easier when we did the Great Lost episode with uh, with Mark uh, for OU812 because I knew that in 5150 a lot more than I knew this album. Like, going back now, the only songs I knew were the singles, which makes this review that much harder because I had to listen to this fucking horse shit. And this is a horrible, horrible fucking album. Well, well uh, let me ask you, Ian. When you first bought it, uh, right. like, unlike OU812 and 5150, which you're more familiar with, was right. this one of those CDs you like popped in and listened to once or twice and said, ah, and never listened to it again? Yeah, it, it, it had to be. Because going back, uh, you know, to revisit this, I knew none of the songs other than what was on MTV. And with 5150 and OU812, I knew the whole albums because I really tried to get into it. But I know now going back, like, I must have never played this because I I knew none of this shit. I mean, really had, it, it was like hearing it for the first time. And, it, it, you know, it, it was like it was like a woman losing her virginity again because it hurt. It hurt bad. Yeah, I feel your pain. I heard this whole album for the first time today. I, you know, I had Mr. X send it to me because I, I don't know right. this. Right. But um, yeah, it was very painful. All right, uh, Terrence, uh, tell us about when you first uh, discovered this album. Well, 
had it been August 91, I heard Pound Cake. My oldest brother, Sean, is the one to blame for me loving this album. Because he yeah, played me. Him. Oh, well, he played me the album, and he said, Hey, Terrence, I know you didn't like uh, OU81 too much, but listen to this fucking album. I'm like, okay, play it. After the first play on a certain song, when we get to it, I was like, are you sure this is Van Hagar? Because this doesn't sound uh, as bad as the last album. And I actually dug it. <clears throat> and I'm not going to lie, this is the best uh, Van Halen album with Hagar, hands down. Mark? Yes. Your turn. I got this album the first day it came out, traveling down uh, to Tower Records, got it, put it in my car, had a great stereo system back then. I got stopped at the train tracks and I was blasting it and two hot chicks came out and go, is that out already? I go, yeah. And they turned around and went and got it. So I don't think it's that bad. No, they, they just turned around and there. they left you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like your first three wives. So, uh, <laughs> I, I absolutely love this album. So Mark, tell us uh, what you think of the first song, Pound Cake. I love this song, man. The first time I saw the video and I was waiting for this album to come out, I go, man, fuck, this song rules. I just, I love the way Sammy sounds. I love Eddie's guitar, fucking Alex Van Halen's drums are great. Freaking, uh, you got uh, Michael Anthony on background vocals. And a point you guys have always made about Michael Anthony that he needs Eddie to sound good like my, like he does on the albums. I've heard you guys don't listen to Chicken Foot. He sounds the same on a Chicken Foot album that, that he sounds on an album with Eddie Van Halen. So I don't know where you guys got that from. Yeah, like right now you sound like Michael Anthony if it's not overdubbed. Oh, gosh. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, and you know where I got that from? I got that from the classic Van Halen albums where his voice and Eddie made that sound. So maybe they did a little fucking studio magic to make it sound like that in the studio as well. You ever thought of that, Mark? Well, I saw Chicken Foot live, and he sounded the same to me. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the the, the tape machine sounded really good too. Oh wow! <laughs> hey, you never know. Yeah, you saw Chicken I, Foot live. Yeah, Fuck right. Well, well, it's it's Mark, it. dude. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Ian. Well, why don't you go into Pound Cake? This motherfucker. The greatest thing about this song is the fucking drill that he stole from fucking Paul Gilbert. Thank you. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Mark. Paul, we heard Paul, that episode, yeah. Mark. Mark said, yeah. Mark said Eddie did it, and then other people yeah. did it. Yeah. Like, no. Eddie, Eddie no. the innovator. Yeah, Paul Gilbert did this shit fucking first. And he did it better because he actually put guitar picks on his fucking drill and played guitar, where Eddie just fucking rubbed the guitar with the fucking... Drill, what the fuck? What, what's yeah. so innovative about that? And, and another way he did it better is he had Eric Martin sing instead of fucking Sammy Hagar. Yeah, that, that's true. Oh, wow. You guys like Mr. Big now? No. <laughs> no, but it's not. better than this fucking shit. Fuck, oh, I my Mr. God. Big too. <laughs> I don't like Kanye West, but I'll take him over, Sammy. Oh, this, wow. <laughs> this shit is fucking horrible, man. Goddamn. Damn. Damn. Uh... And, and, and what what's really sad about this is the tone of Eddie's guitar is lost, dude. It, the brown it, sound is gone. Oh, it's fucking gone. It's fucking gone. The drums are fucking gone. The bass is fucking, like, overproduced and then non-existent at the same time. And then over the top of that, you got Bette Midler singing on this shit. It's fucking horrible. 
the best that's sad when the best thing you can say about it is he ripped off the guy from Mr. Big. Fucking swallow that. Jesus Christ. Fuck Pound Cake and fuck this fucking song. But I gotta say, uh, because Mark, I honestly, in all my heart, you're too fucking dumb to uh, change your opinion of this shit. So I, I know, but I wrote down what you guys said about this shit in your review. Uh, Mark said, ooh, I was tripping out when I heard this shit. Obviously, you never took acid. Uh, but your mom did when she went through with her pregnancy. Uh, fucking Terrence. Great rock. Sammy is better than David Lee Roth. What? Yeah, no, he said, he said, oh, Sammy sounds great. Roth sounds like Kermit the Frog. Uh, that that's what Terrence had to say about this shit. Uh, Mark, I give you a pass on this, and uh, and and I've got good news for you, brother. Because uh, you you work in Anaheim, right, at, at Disney World. Disneyland, yeah. Disneyland, and where do you live? Victorville. Victorville, brother, you no longer need to drive that far. For a horrible job. You make corn dogs, right? Yeah. Okay. Dude, you don't need to do that anymore. Because you can honestly go on disability. Because you like this. <laughs> you just need to fucking take this album and wear a fucking Van Hagar shirt down to the disability office and just, like, smile at them. And you don't have to work because this is a problem. Because your ears don't fucking work. I'm not Andrew Jacobs. <laughs> no, no, you you get you can do it. You know, you know what? I already spent half my tax dollars. I ain't Andrew Jacobs. I already spent half my tax dollars on Terrence. I'll spend the other half on you because you, sir, have a fucking problem. That's a disability. I know people with autism <laughs> who work. Okay, you but you like this shit. You don't have to work. You have a fucking Helen Keller can hear this is a horrible album. Stevie Wonder can see this shit don't work. But you think this shit is normal. Son, stay at home. Collect disability. Because you've got a fucking problem. <laughs> All right, Terrence. What do yeah. you think of Pound Cake? I think it's a, an excellent song. I'm not going to bullshit here. I'm not going to mince words. I know you have the audio of my review here. And my opinion hasn't changed in the three years. Answer to you, Ian, right there. Excellent song. The I never so knew good about it. What do you like about it? The production, the sound of the drums, especially Alex Van Halen's drums, wow. Eddie's guitar playing, and Hagar sounds better than he did on uh, OU812. That I can tell you. Oh, that's saying something. All right, uh, this is what I think of Pound, Pound Cake. You have the the greatest guitarist on the planet that really sucked. Because of Sammy Hagar, but you know, in his defense, you hang out with Sammy, you can't help but suck. And these fucking lyrics, what's he trying to say? That a real woman doesn't wear makeup and just looks natural? You mean like his ex-wife he would cheat on with big hair groupies that wore a bunch of makeup? More makeup than CeCe DeVille? That fucking fake ass bitch. One of the many reasons I can't stand this lying piece of shit. And how about that line? Give me that uh, uh, oh. 
Uh, oh, not only is that lame shit. That is the lamest shit since fucking Sammy was born. But he says ho. That's a secret message to all the groupies. He was about to bang on the tour that wear a lot of makeup. This yeah. music is total jock bullshit. Trying to be heavy, but they can't with this pedestrian rock. Fuck this song. Thank you. Right. Hey, 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 Mark. Yeah. Pull up your fucking windows. I'm tired of hearing all the your relatives trying to sell oranges on the freeway. <laughs> hey, do this. Hook up a hose to your tailpipe. Put it in the window and then crank the car. No, we do. Can you hear me now? I'm there. Do that yeah. during the last song. Not yet. All right. You're better now. All right. I'll take the next song. Judgment Day. This riff is a slowed down version of Romeo's Delight. It's like Romeo's Delight distant cousin that is basically an inbred with webbed toes. And these fucking lyrics. It's my life. Get off my ass. Get out of my face. Man, I don't see no problem. Fuck you. We do have a problem, Houston. Hagar lyrics. And then we get these fucking ooh, ah, talk about feces. Then there's that little breakdown where Eddie is doing that tapping thing where Alex is going, dun, 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 dun. And I'm like, dude, you're going to use something that's pretty cool in the middle of this travesty of a fucking song? This shit sucks. And then, then that fucking, you know, that guitar solo is so lifeless. And, it, you know, it has as much fire as my freezer. I don't know what's worse, the solos or the oohs and ahs. I can't wait till the actual judgment day when my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shows up with a flamethrower and blows and burns all the Van Hagar fans to ashes. So watch out, Mark. You still have time to renounce Sammy Hagar. <laughs> I don't think I will. All right. What's, uh, what, what's your opinion, Mark, of Judgment Day? Oh, fuck. This is my favorite Van Halen, Van Hagar song, not Van Halen song. I fucking love this track. I love the oohs and the ahs, and I like it when he says, it, it's my life, get off my ass, get out of my face. Man, I see no problem kicking back and kicking you. I fucking love that line. It's fucking telling... I think he's talking about the David Lee Roth fans getting on his ass. I don't know. But fuck, I love that song. Telling him Mark, to leave him, leave, Mark, his ass, leave his ass alone. Yeah. Mark, you're, you're a registered Republican, right? I'm independent and Republican. I go back and forth. Uh, all, all right. Well, go back and forth to your gun cabinet and put it in your fucking mouth and pull the trigger. <laughs> fuck, I don't even own a gun, dude. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, get a slingshot and a fucking rock and hit yourself with the fucking teeth again. God damn it. Fuck. Ian, what do you think of Judgment Day? Oh, this fucking piece of shit. What the fuck is this crap? Total fucking horse shit, man. God damn, this is is really fucking bad. And I'm going back and I'm listening to this motherfucker, which I haven't heard since like 91. Uh, And it just shows you how much I did not like this album because I knew nothing but the singles, but I hear this shit. And then I'm listening to these two fucking pickle whistlers say it's their fucking favorite track. Terrence said it's his favorite track on the album. And, and, and wait, wait, wait. Me, uh, and also Mark said, yeah, it's his favorite. Is, no, no. And he said, it's the heaviest 
Van, yeah. from all Van Halen songs, even yeah, the classic yeah. shit. It's yeah. heavier than On Fire. Yeah. It's heavier than Romeo's Delight. Yeah, exactly. You know, I stand by so- that statement. And those songs don't go, ooh, ah. You know what? Yeah, that's heavy. You know what's heavy is the water go, ah! both of your fucking heads. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, you fucking retards. This fucking shit, it's goddamn horrible. There, there's nothing good about this, and there's nothing Van Halen about this song. This is total fucking horse shit. This, is, this, this isn't even a good Van Hagar B-side. I can name 20 fucking Van Hagar songs that are better than this, and I hate all of those 20 songs. This is fucking crap. Uh, Terrence, why don't you talk about it? Judgment Day is my favorite song in the album hands down this is the last huh whatever this was the last time the brown sound would appear on a van halen album was with this song by the way brown sound and... this ain't the fucking beige sound you fucking moron <laughs> no it, it, it's well, the last it's a... time he used it's the last time he used that marshall amp that it's... gave the brown sound and it was the last time he used the kramer 5150 guitar on a does van this halen song song. fucking sound like diver down to you motherfucker seriously it doesn't sound like diver down to me it's just an evolution yeah, well, that's the brown it changes sound. Band bands change sometimes. Yeah, well, that's why it's change. the beige sound. It's very it's white. The, it's, it's not the very beige sound. It's a it's a great rocker. I mean, take it at the it's time when I first heard it. Great rocker. God I was, damn it! I was 15 God. years old when I first heard this, and I still think it's a great song today. If I was forced to gun yeah, well, to you idols, know what? when I was nine this, years old, I took a shower to get soap in my piss hole. Hey, it would burn. But when I grew yeah. up, I didn't do that no more. All right, cool, Terrence. What do you think of Spanked? Spanked is a decent song. I actually enjoy it. Talking about uh, the 1-900 hotlines, which were very popular at the time. And not much more to add to it, but a catchy ditty, which I dig. Mark, what do you think? I think it's a fucking awesome song. I love the freaking 1-900 Spanked and a little guitar going with it. Freaking, uh, this song just kicks ass. All right. Uh, I think uh, Sammy got the inspiration for the song when he looked at all the male Sammy Hagar fans. Uh, because uh, the only time they see pussy is when they see a picture of fucking Sammy Hagar. All you bad, bad boys calling her up on the spank line? Get the fuck out of here. Bad, bad boys got actual pussy. Lyrics should say, all you fuck, fuck boys. Call this number and whack your pud. And musically, this sounds like a wet fart. It's fucking terrible. But then again, it's Van Hagar. What do you think, Ian? This shit sounds like a fucking Robert Palmer B-side. Fucking horrible. There's nothing fucking Van Halen about this shit. Fucking spank line. Oh, my God. Trying to be fucking dirty. You know who should be spanked? All you fucking Van Hagar fans by your dad in the fucking woodshed right before he fucks you in the ass. Fucking horrible. Spanked. Jesus fucking Christ. I I, I tend to agree with Ian on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ, you know, you know, oh my God, spank line. Gee, this is so fucking stupid. And and, <laughs> and, and and I'm trying to be fucking like like Dave, like, ooh, I'm going to do like a dirty movie song. But this just shows you how white this motherfucker is. And it, it is what, what, what the Spanish would call a fucking gringo. This motherfucker is so white and so fucking lame, dude. This is the Jimmy Buffett of fucking limp dick rock, dude. Fucking Sammy is horrible. 
horrible. I don't give a fuck if you think he can sing or not. This guy can't fucking write lyrics. You know, he can like sing a fucking song. Fucking horrible. What the fuck did he do to the mighty Van Halen? That's why I hope this motherfucker drops dead the minute he's here. You're 71 years old. Drop dead right fucking now. There's so many good people that die. Yeah, right now. (laughs) Die Sammy Hagar. You know? Hey, you gotta... But seriously, I got I got to say though, in all honesty, in all honesty, if I had my druthers, if I had a pick, who would drop dead right now, Sammy Hagar, or his fucking fans? I gotta say his fans. I wish Sammy Hagar. You know, Rap, Rap, Rap comes up with this shit. He's like, I don't hate, I don't I, hate. I uh, stick fans. by that, like Terrence. Yeah, yeah. Rap says I don't hate. Ban- or fans, I hate bands. No, I fuck that shit. Switch that shit around. I don't hate bands. I hate fans. Sammy Hagar is limited in what he can do. That's all he can do, but he's shucking it out there. I blame you motherfuckers who encourage him and say, oh yeah, that's good. Fuck you. You're the motherfuckers that deserve to get cancer of the fucking whatever. Oh, and man. die. No, Ow. seriously. San Diego fans need to fucking die because that's that's what stops man from evolution. Okay? You you motherfuckers still have tails. If you think this <laughs> shit sounds good. Alright? I'm with Darwin. <laughs> okay, evolve. You think this shit is good, you need to die. You know, it's like kids today, you know. They need a, like George Carlin said, they need a helmet for everything they're jerking off. The kid who eats the most marbles should not survive to make more kids. You motherfuckers should die off. And not, well, here, here's the great thing. Uh, neither one of you two are going to make kids. Uh, so you will not make Sammy Hagar fans. But, <laughs> oh my God, though. I mean, seriously, if you accept this as like, this is good rock and roll. I'm sorry, die. This shit is horrible. And if, if you promote this shit, if you like this shit, you, you don't like music. You don't like music. You will accept anything. You know? <laughs> All right, Ian, why don't you go into the next one? Run around. Oh, my God. Run around. Well, I, I will give a, a bright side here. Run around. Hold on. Let me look at my notes. Dave could have saved this one. I, I, I honestly, in all my heart, think Dave could have saved this one. Because, like, the way it starts off and, and, and uh, the verses and everything, I'm like, okay, I can see, I can see, like, some real lyrics and a fucking real voice do this shit. You're a fucking uh, idiot. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are stupid as fuck to think this song has any kind of fucking uh, well, saving. I, 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 hey, I, let him go. I like it. I, I, I hope you burn. <laughs> okay, that, hey, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not going to quit the show over this. No, but honestly, when I when I heard that little, like, the, the guitar part, I was like, okay, I can see Dave take this in a cool place. And then the chorus starts in, and it's one of the worst fucking retarded choruses ever. And, and, and saying retarded, uh, I shouldn't say that because... Retarded people are much smarter than the chorus to this fucking song. 
This is fucking horrible. Horrible. But Terrence doesn't know this is a bad song. You're absolutely right. I actually... Actually enjoy the song, Ian. I mean, is it the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life? Absolutely not. But is it the worst thing I've heard in my life either? No. It's an excellent song. I actually dig it. It's yeah, because I don't. But, but you, you think "Momentary Lapse of Reason" is a good Pink Floyd album? So, and this band without David Lee Roth is like Pink Fraud without Roger Waters. Oh, it's not that bad. Hey, it's pretty fucking bad, dude. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about Pink Floyd, not this. Yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying? But like Van Halen without fucking David Lee Roth is like Pink Floyd without Roger Waters. Without the guy who actually steers the ship, you're fucked. I don't care how good Eddie Van Halen is as a guitar player. I don't care how good David Gilmore is as a guitar player. Without the guy that actually has a set of fucking balls to steer the ship, you crash into the Nantucket sound. But no, what, what I will say about this song before closing... I think this could have been something, but Sammy fucking ruined it. But let, let me see what these guys said about hey, Terrence. it. <clears throat> the second single from the album, one of uh, the catchiest songs in the album. I actually enjoy it. I mean, the verses Sammy sings in the low range, but then when it gets to the pre-chorus, his vocals go a little high. And then, of course, he does hit another high sh- shriek on key right before the guitar solo, which I dig. And then the bridge section after the guitar solo, he sings... Oh, it's harder, and you make it hard enough. Not to satisfy. I actually enjoy that bridge section as well. There's a lot of great elements that to the song. Better than Sammy Hagar. Yeah, that that was really good, Terrence. Thank I w- you. I wish you would have sang on the album. Yeah, I probably would have done a better job than yeah, Sammy probably. Hagar. Yeah, what? Shit, because if you would have sang it, it would have put me to sleep, and it would have spared me the fucking living nightmare that was listening to this. Is it the greatest Van Halen song in the world? No, but do I like it? Absolutely. Ralph, it's what not do you a Van Halen song. It's a Van Hagar song. Yeah, it's Van Hagar. Clarify that, Terrence. Sorry, All right. Van Hagar. Uh, this is what I think of Runaround. I remember this video when yes. they were on that thing going around in circles. Yes. And I was, you know, and I was thinking, you know, I was, I, I was hoping it would have thrown Sammy off it, <laughs> and he would have flew off stage and landed on Mark's neck. Oh shit! <laughs> this fucking generic song should also face the wrath of Jesus and his flamethrower. Those little effects Eddie does is so fucking annoying that do do do. So fuck you too, Ian. Okay, this bye. is fucking Edward Van Halen, the man that was impossible to annoy before this Ronald McDonald looking fuck came in and made this band Mick suck. Sure, Eddie is to blame for bringing this Dingleberry into the band, but Hagar is 100% to blame for sapping the innovation from the guitar god of all time. And again, with these fucking lyrics, I want what I wanted? What the fuck is that? That's like saying, I eat what I'm eating? (laughs) Stupid as all fuck. I would go more into this song, but I just showered. Mark, what do you think of Runaround? I fucking love this song. And I was sad there was no rotating stage. I thought that would have been cool. But I was also sad that they didn't p- play a lot of Roth songs, but I know what you guys would say about that. Anyways, uh, it's a great song. It's very catchy. I, I love the chorus. Here we go. Round, round, round. I just love it. And you got to, I don't think Eddie forced, that Sammy forced Eddie's innovate, innovation out of, of this album. Eddie does what the fuck he wants. Eddie wrote what he wanted. 
So I, I, I don't blame Sammy for anything. On, no, this is on what I meant, Mark. Playing. This is what I meant. With Sammy in the band, he, it didn't have that fire. I mean, I, sure, it did to you. I know. I understand. But the, the fire that I loved about classic Van Halen, I didn't hear no Van Halen song go, doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. These little effects that Eddie was doing, it was like, dude, I, I don't think they, that would pass the Congress of Roth. I don't think Roth would let that shit happen. No matter what Ian says, I think this song is fucking terrible from beginning to end, but I will let you finish. I'm sorry, Mark. Just had to bring that up. I'm not yeah. saying that that Sammy forced the innovation. I think it was Sammy's vibe. Just by Sammy being there, Eddie changed his style for the worse. That's my opinion, but go on. Well, well no, no, no. I want to cut Mark off, too. Uh, you, say, <laughs> you, you say you were sad that they didn't have the rotating stage. Were you surprised when your first two wives left you? Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> really? Uh, you didn't mind the rotating wives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you ever think they might look through your record collection and figure out it was a fucking dead-end street? Ah, fuck that. Nope. I didn't do shit. It was all their fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's what the first two said. You didn't do shit. Oh, fuck. Ooh. But what? What did I say? I don't know. <laughs> Are we still talking about goddamn runarounds? Yeah, Mark's not done. Go ahead, finish this, Mark, and then go yeah, to Kaiser Dome. I think this is a great, uh, great song. I like the song. I like Sammy's voice. I love the, I love the way Alex sounds on drums. I like freaking uh, background vocals by Michael Anthony with Eddie. But I, I think um, this is a great song. And then we go into Pleasure Dome. Yeah, go for it. Pleasure Dome. The beginning of the song, when I was listening to it again today, I just noticed for the first time ever that Eddie Van Halen's doing Women in Love in the beginning of it. Don't say that. No. He was. The little guitar riffs he's doing it before. No, he, 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 was playing, he was playing Men in Love. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's true. It was a, it was well, a revamped version. Well, I just noticed it was Women in Love because the song started coming into my head when I was listening to it today. I go, oh, shit. Yeah, because subconsciously you wanted to hear a good Van Halen song. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Terrence. No, 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 wait, I'm sorry. Ian, we should do like, you know, yin and yang. So, Ian, Pleasure Dome. Pleasure Dome. This is the one where they think they're fucking Rush. Get the fuck over yourself. This wouldn't be a B-side on fucking Hold Your Fire. That's how shitty this fucking song is. Fuck, I love like, that album. Like, oh, uh, yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. I and do, that's, too. And that's why your first two... Yeah, and that's why none of you have a woman. Jesus Christ. Pleasure Dome. You wouldn't know anything about it. And, I, and Terrence said this thing's about Kubla Khan. Fucking Sammy Hagar can't even spell Kubla Khan, let alone, <laughs> let alone face a song around Rush. Pleasure Dome. That's where he goes to get sucked up by male fucking fans like you guys. Jesus Christ, this song is fucking horrible. It's so fucking long, dude. A seven-minute Van Hagar song that goes nowhere. Like, they, they're, they're fucking Genesis. They're not the fucking Alpha, they're the Omega. This is the end of good fucking rock. This fucking sucks. What a fucking horrible song. And let me see what you two fucking pickle whistlers had to say about this song. Well, oh Mark already went. Now it's Terrence's turn. No, no, no. I, no I'm, I'm trying to go back to their original review in case I try to rewrite oh, this. Oh, okay. Well, let, let Terrence talk and then give your, you know. 
Yeah. All right. Whatever. All right. whatever. My opinion hasn't. My opinion hasn't even changed in three years about the song. It still remains the same. I still think it's an amazing, amazing song. Was I kind of sad that it wasn't sung live? Yes, because it was just the intro instrumental yep, really? with Alex and Owen You wanted everybody to leave the concert so you could get up closer. Uh, and and st- I still can't get mad at fucking Mark because Mark. I, I mean, what's your IQ like? Five. <laughs> How many times have you burned your fucking fingers making a fucking corn dog? See, I can't get mad at you. All right, I'll talk about Pleasure Dome. You know, what the fuck is this bullshit? Artsy fartsy spoken words about what I gather is about sapping the integrity of this once amazing band. Now, you know, these fucking lyrics. Now, I know none of this was planned. It all just happened. I got more than I wanted, but still, Diamond Dave is the true voice of this band. I was like, well, at least, you know, I got to admit, that's pretty good lyrics from Sammy. This song is boring, pitiful, and full of whale semen. And how about these lyrics? Rooms without doors open for me? Let that sink in. No doors, and it opens for him? No wonder Jesus hates this guy. I would go more into this song, but I don't find a man's hairy ass attractive. Mark, everybody stop talking about this. uh, Finish talking about this song because I'll go to the next one. Fine by me. All right, the next song, In and Out. As the great Matt Hooper once said, I can't take this abuse much longer. This fucking voice is more annoying than the Freeform Rock podcast. Oh I don't, shit! <laughs> I don't hey, Lee's I, on there, man. So, <laughs> I don't get how people think this guy has a good voice. So what if he can scream? So can Arnold Horshack. You know, get, you know, get oh, me oh, Mr. Cata. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, he can scream. Does that mean you know he's a singer? No. Give me Little Dreamer, Light Up the Sky, and hear about it later. That is a great voice, not this fagula. And I don't know what's worse, his voice or his fucking lyrics. Like this one, on this song, and I quote, Say you've had enough, gonna throw yourself out a window. Might cost you less to stick around. Hey, Mark, should listen to your hero and take notes. Since the corndog shack is only one story, why don't you climb up that fucking uh, one of those Disney rides and jump off when it reaches the top? I hope you fucking bust your kneecap. It would do more. I I would go more into this song, but my mind is consumed by bashing Mark and Terrence's skull together into a bloody mess. Thank you. What do you think, Terrence? Holy shit. Um, in and out. To open side two of the original cassette and the vinyl record, which was briefly available on Columbia House, is a catchy song. Like uh, the previous ones, I and dig like, it. And like AIDS. <laughs> That's funny. You go ahead, Ian. Jesus fucking Christ. In and out. In and out. I wish this song was in and out of my fucking head. And it is. This shit's fucking terrible. This has nothing to do with Van Halen. There is nothing Van Halen about this fucking song. Absolute fucking dreck. Absolute fucking... If you defend this shit, uh, basically you're a Holocaust denier. Which... which, (laughs) I'm being goddamn serious. How can any of you defend 
this fucking horrible song. This is like, you know, you guys like bad English? No. Yeah. No, 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 I think you do because this shit. I is like bad English. <laughs> <laughs> you got no Jonathan King. And, and that's why I love fucking yeah, Mark. Yeah, that's why I love Mark, man. Mark is I, funny. I, I fucking, I love, this motherfucker is missing more brain cells than fucking Pete. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> you know? But I, I love it because he's honest, at least. Yeah. He's honest. Fucking, Honestly stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark, you are too fucking dumb to lie, and I love that. Seriously. Thanks, man. Seriously. I, I, I mean, this this guy makes corn dogs and burns the stick. <laughs> you drive 100 miles to work a job that pays you minimum wage. I don't get paid minimum wage. <laughs> And you shouldn't. <laughs> you know, you're fucking retarded. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I love this episode. Oh, my Fuck. God. Oh my I, got God. A, I got a fucking house. I can't afford a fucking house out here. It's fucking Anaheim. Fucking rich fucking but, but, asshole. But wait, wait, wait. Mark, Andrew Jacobs lives around here. Come on. I got to get out of here. Hey, Mark, let me ask you a question. Yeah. This, this is no joke or nothing, but honestly, like, Victorville doesn't have like you know any type of jobs available. Well, I lived down here before, and when I was married, I moved up there to get a house because I met my wife up there, and I moved up there because she had kids. So I got a house, so I'm and not going to give up and my then house. You lived in, you lived there, so she moved away. <laughs> Basically. So so so. <laughs> Good answer, Mark. Um, but but uh, I'm the asshole. No, I, I'm just curious. Like Victorville, like shouldn't there be like a job there, like so you don't have to drive so far? I mean, I must. It must really fucking be heavy on your car, you know. Well, I got a, I got a Prius, man. But I'm gonna get married and move closer to work. We're gonna sell that house and get. A house got a Prius? Here. I thought you were a Republican. <laughs> uh, Mark, what do you think of In and Out? Fuck, I love this song. I remember when I, I was working at In N Out Burger out, out here in California when this song came out. I go, Oh look, they made a song about In N Out Burger. And I listened to uh, this is about debt. I right, said so they got you going in, they got you coming out, same amount. Isn't that true with interest? But actually it goes up higher. So he kind of fucked up on those lyrics. But I do love when this song it? and it's a it's catchy. <laughs> it's catchy. All right, though. cool. Like well it. Mark, what do you think of Man on a Mission? Oh fuck! I love this song. I love the guitar on it. It just starts up. I guess I like the and I like man on a mission. I like I like the way his voice sounds on it. I love Eddie's guitar. Uh, uh, freaking great lyrics on this track, and freaking Alex just owns this song. All right, uh, I'll I'll go into this one. Man on a mission. Holy shit! This has that rehash riff of those hair bands that were trying to be bluesy. It's a swagger that you can find at any gay parade. Hagar is a man on a mission. A mission to destroy the greatest American band of all time. And mission accomplished. I would go more into this song, but I don't cook corn dogs for a living. Terrence, what do you think of the dream? I mean, uh, man on a mission. Man on a mission is actually a 
catchy another catchy number do 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 I can sing that guitar for days. I mean, it's not my fault I can sing that damn thing. Oh, laugh it up. Attack, Terrence, attack his ass! The song is catchy. Just go laugh it up, fuzzball. It just, Mark said it, though. I mean, why should I repeat myself? Mark took the words right out of my mouth. It is catchy as hell. I know you're going to disagree, and of course you will. So uh, take the mic out. Please. Hey, Ian, you better like it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I concur with Ralph. This song fucking sucks. Holy shit. Fucking Van Halen is ripping off Roxy Blue. This is fucking terrible. God <laughs> oh, that's damn. a great analogy. I like that one. <laughs> this is Van fucking... Halen is ripping off a Van Halen clone band. <laughs> so shit. Oh my god. Right. Like right now, bullet boys are taking the court saying we invented this shit. Right oh, fuck. now. <laughs> I'm gonna see the bullet boys tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the great thing about that is they won't play this song. Oh my god. Well, it's it's good for you, not Mark. All right, well well, Ian, why don't you go into the dream is over? The dream is over. I know that uh that, that parents and Mark will love this song. But <laughs> you should listen to it because this song is about you guys. <laughs> the dream is over. Stop doing fucking podcasts. You guys are fucking horrible. Because, seriously, you guys have no fucking talent. You guys should not do podcasts. Just because you have a mic does not mean you should do a podcast. Mark, you fucking laugh at everything, you dumb motherfucker. You're, see, you're laughing at this. You're like, like no, but uh. he's la- No, he's actually laughing at something funny for a change. I, oh, oh shit, Lisa, oh. what is? Both, both of these two motherfuckers should stop doing podcasts. I mean, it's a, it's an embarrassment. You guys are really bad because I listened to this episode that I think we're going to tack on to the end of this. You guys aren't good. You guys aren't good. I, I, I mean, you're nice people. I don't wish death on you or anything like that. But stop podcasting. It's just ter- just because you have a mic, dude. I love fucking outer space. Doesn't mean I should fly the fucking Millennium Falcon. God damn it. You know, know your limitations. A good man knows his limitations. You guys are horrible. <laughs> Not good. Not right. good at all. The dream is I- over. I got, I got a lot better with Lee, and uh, I, I was just getting my foot. Wow, wow that, that's there. a lot to say. Like, oh, you're judging yourself against Lee? What, you tuck your shirt in and you think you're good? Jesus and I shake Christ. his hand. Oh, no, no, ser- seriously, you guys are fucking terrible. Hey, Mark made a funny. <laughs> I'm doing very well as a solo artist now. I finally found my niche. It took me uh, seven attempts, but I finally am doing great on my own. Right, Especially the episode where you went off on me. That was hilarious. That Thanks, I bro. love. <laughs> that was the, the left the, the leftoverture episode. Dude, that oh, shit God. was fucking gold. I loved it. I loved I was it. laughing my ass off. You oh, know man, he's going he off on me. Brutal, man. That was brutal. I know, it was funny. I don't Even think playing bad with the phone in the background. Even Ian liked it. He Thank won't admit it now, but he loved it. But anyway, the dream is over. Uh Mark. Fuck. <laughs> 
I love this song. I said, dream another dream. This dream is over. I was waiting for you guys to say the Van Halen dream is over when they recorded this shit. No, I, was I, for you guys I, I meant to say your that. podcast. <laughs> uh, you went, went a different direction than I thought you were. But I love this song. And you're right. Me and Ter- I do love this song. And I know Terrence does. All right. The dream is over. Let me quote these lyrics. Dream another dream. This dream is over. Ooh. Dream another dream. This dream is over. Dream another dream. Need I say more? You know, I would talk more about this song, but I'm thinking about drinking whiskey. There's a party tonight, and I'm looking for somebody to squeeze. <laughs> All right, uh, Terrence, dream another dream. Uh, uh, the dream is over. What the fuck this shit's called? Fucking the dream is over. Um, what I like about the song is Eddie Van Halen does something for the first time in many years that he hadn't done on a Van Halen song, which is use a bit of slide guitar on. This is the first time since Fear Warning. And another song that I enjoy very much. What a boring piece of shit this is. This shit is fucking terrible. Anybody who says this fucking shit is good should be shot in the fucking head. I'm sorry, my grandmother wrote those notes. Uh, oh yeah, she's right. Shot in the fucking head. And uh, and then I wrote my notes about what you guys both said about this song, and it said, "Fuck you both." Jesus Christ, the dream is over. The dream is over. Fuck you guys. Stop doing fucking podcasts because you're you're really fucking shit up for people who have talent, like me and Ralph. God damn it. I mean, we have you know a knack. We have a knack. I got thirty listeners. Yeah, I've you got two hundred and thirty. Yeah, yeah, you have 30 listeners and fucking and 29 of them are fucking locked up, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. uh, Ian, go into right now. Yeah, right now I'm pissed off I'm doing this fucking episode. This, this song fucking sucks. This is the epitome of the suckiness of fucking Van Hagar. I mean, real Van Halen didn't do a ballad unless it was fucking in cement. You know, it was real, like Little Dreamer. Uh, uh, what's the one off of fucking uh, Fair Warning? Uh, Push comes to shove. Yeah, yeah, real shit. And then you got right now. You got right now. This is the dumbest, fucking lamest, fucking. This is goddamn fucking Lover Boy. This is fucking Toto bullshit. This is fucking horrible. Really, if you like this song, uh, right now, put a gun in your fucking mouth and pull the fucking trigger. Seriously, seriously. Do me a favor. Do your family a favor. You know, don't be an active shooter. Don't go out and hurt other people. You know, but if you like this shit, put a gun in your mouth, pull the fucking trigger, and blow your goddamn non-existent brains out. This shit is fucking horrible. This, this, this is like saying goddamn uh, Daughter by Pearl Jam is a fucking Led Zeppelin song. I hate that song. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you should like that one. Yeah, well, I like that song. Yeah, well, hey, Mark, I mean, I mean, you agree. Yeah, don't well, call me daughter. I like right, that one. Brown, don't blow your brains out because I don't know how to edit. But the rest of you, <laughs> kill yourself. Kill your fucking self. Jesus Christ. You, you wonder why grunge started taking over is because of shit like this. Thank you. This, 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 this is why 
everybody heard Nirvana and thought it was the second coming of fucking Dave. Actually, uh, not, not a lot of people know this, but Kurt Cobain sent them a thank you note after they, he heard this album. Yeah, this, this shit, this shit is fucking horrible. If you support this shit, fucking kill yourself. If you have family members who like this song, shoot them before you shoot yourself. Do do the world a fucking favor. Yeah, you, you don't, don't want to go to that pesky prison. Yeah, kill <laughs> your fucking self. This well, shit is fucking horrible. You 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 make a valid point, Ian. Now let's hear Mark's opinion on right now. Fuck. I like this song. I love the piano. I love the video. The video was pretty fucking cool. I like at the end they go, right now we must be going. They're going into the bathroom. I right, like right, right cool. now. Mark wishes he didn't get fired from In N Out Burger as the head fry cook. <laughs> it was a fucking. Yeah, I, I love this song. I like Sammy's voice on it. I love the video. Freaking cool song. And freaking Crystal Pepsi's back, baby. <laughs> hey, 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 Mark. Yeah. Mark, you know you yeah. know why your new girl's gonna cheat on you? I'll give you a fucking hint. <laughs> give you a why? fucking hint. Because they found cock right now. <laughs> no, no. Here's a fucking problem. He's like, why? Why? Like, I gotta give you a fucking backstory. <laughs> this, this is why. This is why. If you whistle in your old lady's pussy, you hear sweet Georgia Brown. All of the L.A. Lakers are up in your old lady right now because you come home and listen to shit like this. Yeah, it's like throwing a co- corn dog down a, ho- a hallway. <laughs> a oh, corn dog. All right. A corn dog. That's that's the thing. Like they don't even trust you to make a fucking elephant ear. You know. <laughs> You're regulated to fucking corn dogs. Like okay, you can't make an elephant ear. We can't trust him with the secrets of cotton candy. This cocksucker <laughs> just has to make corn dogs. You drive a hundred miles to make a corn dog. But I still respect you more than fucking Terrence because you have a goddamn job. All right, listen, listen. Let me go into right now. Right now, Ian is very influential. Right now, I want to tie up Mark and set him on fire. (laughs) I want to set all you Sammy Hagar fans on fire. Oh, shit. By that, I am doing the Lord's work. Right now, Jesus is telling me to burn you alive, Mark. Right now, I want to hold in my piss as you go up in flames. Right now, I want to crack your head open and play slip and slide on your blood. Right now, I want to break Eddie's piano over your head so he never plays this song again. Right now, it means everything. I would say more about this song, but right now, I wish you were dead. Oh, shit. Terrence? Right now, a song that I like, but I'm kind of quasi-burned out upon, but it is a great song, I'm not going to lie. No bullshit here. And what I like about it is it's the only song in the album with keyboards, which was a grand piano and a Hammond organ. Thankfully, Andy Johns told Eddie Van Halen to throw the synthesizers out the fucking window. Thank you, Andy Johns, for that. Then again, he produced recorded albums for Led Zeppelin and the Stones, so he has a track record. And he produced the first two Cinderella albums, by the way. One of your favorites, Ian, Cinderella. Don't forget. And... um. Not much yeah, more to but, add. But, but I hope he eats a fucking dick in hell for this one. 
Yeah, he's dead. Don't disrespect the dead there. Uh -oh. Oh, oh, he's dead? We're talking Andy about Johns. Ian now. Andy Johns yeah. is dead. Oh, good. <laughs> hey. Good. I'm glad he's fucking dead. Well, he All did right. he did record Led Zeppelin 3 and 4. Yeah, I don't he, give a he, shit. Yeah, yeah, but this erases all of that. This erases all of that. Like, like you know, you could build a million bridges, but you suck one cock. You're a cocksucker, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. This is this is too much. The, yeah, right now, decent tune. I dig it. And I like the, the way it ends on the album where Alex's drums come back in, you know, which most people didn't even hear with the video because they shortened the song, thankfully. Yeah, because I thought it was a video game. <clears throat> oh, my God. That's funny. It wasn't a video game. Good song, it is. But the next song, which is the instrumental 316, was uh, originally a guitar solo spot on the 5150 tour, but then it turned into a proper instrumental named after, named in honor of his son, Wolfgang, who was born around the time his album was completed. And he weighs and, that much now, too. Oh, my God. Oh, like guitar. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I think the instrumental is a beautiful instrumental. I know you're going to disagree, and so... Uh, Disagree at, at will when you're ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll disagree right now. This is fucking horrible. Of course you will. This is fucking horrible. This is like You don't the, like it, you son of a bitch. This, I mean, seriously, any self-respecting Van Halen fan, this is the most simplistic thing he's ever fucking played. And th this is like a pre-Brandon. This is like, you know, like... like <laughs> Tommy Lee's kid's like, oh, yeah, well, at least it wasn't that. You know, this is fucking terrible. And, like, anybody can play this. Like, Mark actually played this on guitar. I can't. You know? And, and oh, he shit, did, I wish. And, and he did more tapping than Eddie on this song. <laughs> this is horrible. But everybody's done more tapping on Mark's wife. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. You know, I, I, I'm, Hello. I'm, I'm just kidding. In all seriousness, your wife's a whore. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a bad instrumental, dude. This is no eruption. This is no Spanish fly. This is no cathedral. This is... Torah, Torah. God, God damn it. This makes 1984 sound interesting. Uh, I mean, this, this is, what a bad way to, like, say, hey, I have a son. Then you're like, oh, hey, I'm going to play guitar solo that CC. CC DeVille could play. You know, this is fucking terrible. But, it was actually but, uh, written before CC DeVille uh, even came on the scene. It was oh, actually shut done as early as the fuck up. It's Will a horrible up? fucking. You it shut is... up. You shut up, you fucking door greeter. God damn it. <laughs> I'm laughing at you, Ian, because I know oh, yeah, no, I'm laughing at you because you're not even a door greeter. Uh, oh, it's a fucking horrible fucking song, dude. It, like Eddie Van Halen to attach his name to this. It's a fucking atrocity. My cat's crying right now because he heard that fucking song. This shit's terrible. All right, so uh, who goes next? Mark. Mark. Yeah, this is a cool song. I like it. And uh, it. Hey, Mark, shut the fuck else. up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on, Mark. Yeah, it's a good song. I like it. And uh, there's not too much to say about it. It's just a little instrumental. All right, I'll go. Uh, yeah, it is an instrumental from the same guy who brought you Eruption, Spanish Fly, Cathedral, and Little Guitars. I know you think I'm making this up, but for real, it's the same guy. 
Uh, if this not if this is not proof enough that Hagar is to blame for sapping this guy's musicianship, I don't know what is. I would talk more about this crappy instrumental, but I don't know the feeling of having a fist up my asshole. All right, the next one, top of the world. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but this is the same riff that ends jump. Yeah, yeah, you guys I know that. Know that? Uh, Eddie recycles a song from the Dave years, and he still can't save this shit. It don't help with the stupid ass lyrics. Oh, oh, check out. Oh man, he leaves the dumbest one for last. Check out these lyrics. <clears throat> oh, I know it won't hurt. I gotta have a little taste. I just want to sink my teeth into that fine piece of real estate. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> that sucks. This song blows. This album blows. This band fucking blows. Without Dave, this is she-male rock. I would go more into this song, but this crap is over and I'm done talking about this piece of shit. So Mark, talk about Top of the World. I fucking love this song. I think it's a great way to end a great great Van Hagar album. Freaking kicks ass. I just love it. It's catchy. It gets you going. Great song. What do you think about it, Ian? This song has less teeth than you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this fucking song couldn't chew applesauce. It's fucking horrible. It's fucking horrible, dude. Jump part two, but with the worst parts of jump, and then you add Sammy Hagar equals fucking shit. How can either one of you call yourselves a fucking Van Halen fan and defend this fucking shit. You ought to be ashamed of your fucking self and Jim Jones yourself right fucking now. Take, take some fucking Kool-Aid. No, no, seriously. Yeah, the red one. The red Kool-Aid. No, 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 no. Seriously, Mark, I mean, I know, I know you have a fiancé, uh, you know, and I, I know you work at fucking Disneyland, so you have great health insurance. Uh, fucking marry that poor girl and kill yourself. You know? At least give her a bright future. Because you are fucked. You are fucked. And and Terrence, uh, you yeah. have no significant other, so just die. Uh, uh, it, it, I'm not going to die. I have a lot to live for, and this song is a very uplifting ending to the album, Ian, I might add. And it reminds me of the time where I say this is a happy, uplifting song to a very excellent album with Hagar. And I'm not gonna hate okay, Rod. Okay, wait, wait. You know, you know how I know you suck dick. Uh, you okay. like this fucking album. All right. How many girls have you Sorry. fucked, Terrence? How many girls have you fucked? Mm. Two times. I got laid. That's it. Yeah, and but but I mean, but, but I mean, was he? Well, no, it was a female. Two females. I lost. Uh, I was made a man of. One at twenty-two. One at uh, twenty-five. My last girlfriend. What would that her. cost? Oh boy, it didn't cost a dime. Mark, how the hell did you get laid? Uh, Rick, my first wife, I got laid with. <laughs> <clears throat> Found her online on a Yahoo chat. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That that didn't work out, huh? How this? How nope. did you meet your second wife? On uh, plenty of fish. <laughs> What's dude, that? I'm shy, dude. I was scared of I was scared of girls in school, man. Oh, hold on, hold on. What's hold plenty on. of fish? What is that? <laughs> it's a dating website. Plenty of fish. 
Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know what that is. Oh, it's a dating God. website. Oh, it's a web. Oh, okay. My bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think I did hear about that. Funny. I... Did it hey, smell? hey, I get chicks off Tinder, Ian. <laughs> That's funny. That's <laughs> funny, too. <laughs> All right, Ian, now that we're done with this piece of shit, give us the, you know, the, the 316 on it. Uh, this shit was released June 18th, 1991. Uh, half-assed produced by Andy Jans, half-assed produced by Ted Templeman, and hand-ass, hand-ass, fuck, I can't say this shit, I'm just gonna drink beer. Fuck this shit, it's a horrible fucking album. Hold on, here we go, there we go. This fucking shit, this shit's fucking horrible. All right. What a piece of shit, yeah. At least, uh, but this shit did go triple platinum. And it went to number one. Uh, you know what? You know, go suck a fucking dick with your fucking number one. <laughs> you know, more people bought this shit than, than Fair Warning, so eat a dick. I do uh, like Fair Warning better than this album, though. Well, that really? proves really? the point, don't it? That yep. proves the point that sales don't matter, does it, Mark? And no. women and children first well, is my all-time favorite the game. Right, right. Boys could go number one. Come on. Well, well, it goes it goes back to who they're beating. Like, like, 1984 didn't go to number one because of fucking Thriller. Okay, yeah. but but 5150 beat Robert Palmer. OU812 beat Taylor Dane. Uh, For a level of current knowledge, beat John Sakata. Okay, look look who you're fucking beating here. Okay, Ra- Ralph, would you agree with me on that? Well, I even think John Sakata is better than his album. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, yeah, this, this is horrible shit. That's only worshipped by fucking idiots. Uh, well, yeah, you do, you do make a good point there, Ian. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, the thing, the, the proof is in the pudding and in the longevity. Uh, and, and, and Terrence, you like you like for unlawful kernel knowledge better than a different kind of truth. Yes, I tried to like a different kind of truth. I tried, Ian. Tried buying the album six times and selling it six times. That didn't mean I didn't buy it just for kicks. I tried to like it. Believe me, I tried, but the production sucked. The producer on that album should be fucking tarred and feathered and go suck on... uh, Yeah, but the production on on this album sounds good, huh? Yeah, I mean, Andy Johns and uh, Ted Templeman are fucking better than John fucking Shanks. You're already embarrassing yourself. Stop. (laughs) You're embarrassing yourself. I like... I liked a different kind of truth better than this album. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The guy who actually has a job says this is better. <laughs> and he I love freaking Chinatown freaking as is. Those are fucking As is, best. man. Honey yeah. baby, sweetie doll, and fucking I, I, bullet head. That album just kicks out. Fuck Great yeah. Put yeah. In I, and I, I'll tell you what, Mark, I would take any corn dog you make in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'll take I'll take yeah. your penis in my mouth. Yeah, now. I'm not oh, gonna shit. I'm, I'm not gonna chew it, but you know I'll make the effort. I'm I might chew your 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 penis, Mark, because I don't know how to give head. It'll be horrible. You're gonna feel a lot of teeth, bro. Since uh, we have no special guest, I have I have a fan of the weekend. Well, well, it ain't time for fan of the week. It's time for pick of the week. Or I'm oh, sorry, pick of the week. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Good. It's time for pick of the moment. Uh, you steal from me, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was called. Pick of the moment. <laughs> Let's be original here. It's time for pick of the moment. Mark, what is your pick of the moment? 
I've picked the cult ceremony from 1991. All right, good for you. Well, don't you want to like go a little more into it, Mark? Like, I, no, I, no, I no, 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 no. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. All right, okay. Terrence, what's your pick of the moment? Billy Joel, The Stranger Deluxe Edition from 2008. Masterpiece. That, the, little, the, the box. All right, Ralph, what's your pick of the moment? Uh, I got it today in the mail. Twisted Sister, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, the brand new remaster that brings uh, Live at the Marquee, and it's fucking awesome. I listened to it earlier, and it was really good. And the remaster job, Finally, Twisted Sister does a good remaster job because, you, as you know, that Stay Hungry was a fucking uh, nightmare. So that's my pick of the the moment. All right. My pick of the moment is any fucking album but fucking this. Jesus fucking I mean, seriously. So OU812 let... is your fucking pick of the moment? Yeah, that, 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 no, seriously. OU812 is a better album than For Unlawful Carnival. That shit's tied. You're crazy. No, this, this shit, no, seriously, pick any album by Captain and Tennille, and it's better oh, than this fucking shit. Well, that this goes sh- without saying. This shit is fucking horrible. Do it to me one more time as long as you don't play any songs off this fucking album. Right now, you're making sense. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week. And Fan of the Week is any fan we have left. After we review this fucking album. <laughs> because because people are hearing Terrence, they're hearing Mark, and they're like, you know what? I really like Ironcast. <laughs> That's funny. This, this shit is fuck no, it's not funny. It's it's sad. It's sad. We probably we, we've lost a lot of listeners. Uh anybody Don't do that. left after this atrocity, uh let's go to the goddamn plugs. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U.K. time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively on YouTube. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, 
favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter pal, meow meow. This is Bushy. And the Mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. This is Ian Wobbly, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else I deem necessary. Wadzilla World, only on Cranium Radio, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be here or be a bitch. Welcome to the best fucking show you'll ever hear in your life. Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, The Dr. Fuck Show. Yes, tune in here at that metal station for the Dr. Fuck Show. I've been doing this show right here for years. And the chat room's always packed. The jams are always playing. And yeah, you may get a rant every freaking week from me. Fuck, not freaking. I don't want to say freaking. I mean fucking. So join me and my lunatics that are let out of the asylum here on that metal station. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday nights. Join me. Let's lose our fucking minds. All right. Well, if you enjoy this episode, then you, you, you're worse than fucking Kiss fans because you'll listen to anything. This is fucking terrible. You should be ashamed of yourself. Come back. Episode. Come back <laughs> next week when Ralph and myself will review an actual album made by actual fucking artists. Not this fucking shit. Jesus Christ. And if you like this episode, put both barrels in your mouth and pull the trigger. And if you miss, re-aim the shotgun at Terrence and pull the fucking trigger. Jesus Christ. This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. But wait. The show's technically not over. Why is that, Ian? If you want to hear why I'm really so fucking pissed off, listen to this original piece of shit fucking episode. That's right. Here's a little backstory. When I when I first met Ian, and I went to go see Rush in New Orleans, me and him uh, were out in his patio, and we decided to listen to this full episode, and we couldn't stop laughing. And uh, Ian just heard it again, and you know, and he said, "Dude, we got to tack it onto the show." Because it's so terrible. And I was like, ah, okay. And, uh, yeah. 
Yes, any of our listeners out there, if you're thinking about starting your own fucking podcast, listen to this shit first. <laughs> don't be like this. Well, I don't think any of our listeners are this bad. <laughs> I hope not. But, uh, all right, so here is uh, the defunct, uh, what is it, the fifth attempt of Terrence trying to, you know. And may I quote a line in the coming up? We are going to review an album that other podcasts are too chicken shit to review. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we reviewed it. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that didn't get cut out like the original intro. Yeah. So, uh, so here it is. Uh, the Mark, was it the, the Terrence and Mark experience? Was that the name of it? Yeah. Experience this. Yeah. The experience the fucking demise of this show. Uh, yeah, so listen to this fucking crap. I decided to put it after our review. Come on. You want people to sit through this before our review? I, I dare anybody to make it to pick of the moment. So this is, yeah, exactly. And I like, I kept everything in, except for the news, because that was lame. Um, but, um, well, not that the rest ain't lame. But, um, yeah, so, so here it is. The Terrence and Mark experience. Uh, that is not too chicken shit to review. Fuck, you know, the thing we just reviewed. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess we're not too chicken shit either. And we're still around. <laughs> Thank you. Here we go. Welcome to the Terrence and Mark Experience with your host from Los Angeles, California, Mark Taylor. And from Wareham, Massachusetts, U.S. of A., the rock sponge himself, Terrence Reardon. Now kick on back, relax, open some beverages, and listen to two intense rock music fans from opposite sides of the U.S. coasts talk about whatever album comes to mind, movie, whatever. So without further ado, here are your hosts of the Terrence and Mark Experience, Terrence and Mark. Welcome once again to another episode of the Terrence and Mark Experience. This is the rock sponge, Terrence Reardon here, alongside, as always, his partner in crime, Mark Taylor, for another exciting episode of the show that's gaining fans at lightning speed, and a band we no other podcast has touched upon because there were two chicken shit to do it, but we have the balls to do it. Mark, tell them who we're reviewing today. Van Halen for un- Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Yes, a Van Halen album with Sammy Hagar and my personal favorite of the Hagar era. Released in June 1991 on Warner Brothers, this was the band's third album with Sammy Hagar as their lead singer. And this album blew me away at the age of 15, but I'll talk about my backstory about that album when I get to it. I'm going to let Mark here do the backstory because he's a little older than I am and he'll probably give me some uh, expertise on why this album (laughs) kicks ass. Well, yeah, when I first picked up the album, I drove to Tower Records in uh, my, my part of the world, in West Covina, La Puente, Housing Heights, around there in the L.A. area. I um, picked it up, and on the way home, I was just jamming it out of my car. I had, like, a huge stereo system, hatchback, so it echoed with all the windows open. And uh, I got stuck by a train, and two hot chicks came running out to me and scared the crap out of me. I said, hey, is that out now? I go, yeah, and they turned around and went and got it, and... Uh, the video for Pound Cake was the first video I saw off of it before the album came out, and I was just anticipating. I don't even remember how I knew when albums were coming out because we didn't have no internet back then. 
I just knew the day it was coming out. So I think maybe KLOS or a radio station told me, but I, but for some reason, I used to figure out the dates of new albums coming out. Yeah, it was a disadvantage of uh, the internet. Uh, pre-internet, we had to go on word of mouth via radio and stuff. Yeah, radio yeah. doesn't even tell you nothing anymore. And MTV used to tell you as well. Yeah, oh yeah, that's probably how I figured it out. Also, if you, uh, if you ever open the album, inside there's a chalkboard. There used to be a phone number of a restaurant that Van Halen had on there. And the restaurant was getting calls. Is Van Halen there? Is Van Halen there? So they had to uh, change the inside of the cover because uh, the restaurant was getting pretty pissed. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. And um, my introduction to this fine album for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge was around a month after its release. I was familiar with the first single because radio played it to death. My oldest brother, Sean, played me the cassette he borrowed from a friend. Actually bought the cassette, played it in the house. I was floored. I said... Oh my fucking god. If this is Van Halen as they should be, I'm buying this shit. So, a few months later, once I got my CD player, my first CD player, which was a Sanio boombox, which lasted me a good 14, 15 years, one of the first CDs I got ordering from BMG, kind of like your Columbia House gig, I did with BMG <laughs> for CDs in October of 1991. This came in alongside, get this, 2112 from Rush, Van Halen 2, and Highway to Hell from ACDC. Dang, that's a good collection right there. Yeah, those are my 20th, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd CDs I ever owned, respectively. Dang, I never counted mine. <laughs> I just buy them. <laughs> well, spoiler, Dark Side of the Moon was the first one I bought in 91 when I got my first CD player. Moving Pictures was number two. Dang, I remember when Tower Records was going out of business, I went and bought a bunch of CDs and I got Dark Side of the Moon and I got home and they didn't charge me for it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyways, yeah. when I put Foreign Lawful Carnal Lodge on my uh, old Sanyo CD player, I was hooked on this album. And to me, this was the rock album of 1991. Sorry, Metallica Black Album. You're number two, but this album was just on my CD player and I just played it over and over and over and over and over and over that fall. In going into 92, good thing I, I was listening to this because uh, I didn't notice that grunge was coming my way until sometime later in 92 when it finally hit my high school. But luckily, for unlawful carnal knowledge, ruled my playlist. And we begin this fine album with, it, with the song Pound Cake, which begins with Eddie Van Halen revving a power drill through his guitar pickup. To get that ring, ring, ring. When I first heard it, I was like, how the hell is he doing that? Then when I saw them perform, uh, on the video for it at my mom's house, this was before we had to get cable again in my house, the 91 recession, everyone was, was hurting for money. When I saw the video, I was like, is he putting a drill to his guitar? That is so cool. And then all of a sudden, turns out when I saw like a later live performance from the Video Music Awards, he did it live. I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking great. Pound Cake, great, great rocker, heavy, the guitar riff is excellent, Eddie Van Halen solo, Sammy Hagar, yes folks, he sings better than David Lee Roth, no disrespect to Roth, but Sammy Hagar still has his voice at 60 some odd years of age, and on the song, proving he can still sing hard rockers when he can, and Michael Anthony's bass playing right in the pocket, and Alex Van Halen, 
sheesh, he had his most scaled down drum kit during that period, but hey, he could do a lot on one bass drum that some drummers can, cannot do with two or three. Alex could do with one on this particular album and its subsequent tour, and this song was the opening song on the subsequent tour as well as the album, and both versions rock. What do you think of the opening salvo to Fuck, a.k.a. for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge? It's freaking, I was tripping out when he's playing a drill on it. I was like, wow. I go, and then Mr. Big, I think, did it a couple years later with the bass and the guitar player. But it was freaking Eddie Van Halen, Mr. Innovator, again, giving people ideas. And freaking this song pounds, it like says pound cake. The drums from Alex is just pounding on this song. And the bass is just freaking killer. And everybody's just at the top of their game on this song. Absolutely. And the song, you know, and it was also, the, like I said, the first single from the album. It was also another number one for Van Halen on the rock radio charts in 91. Yeah, consecutive, Which, all their albums with Sammy went number one. Yep, and this was the first to debut at number one. Yeah, people will tell you, well, David's album sold more, but who cares? I love who them both. I love yeah, both lineups myself. Yeah. Hey, there's no, I mean, some people are like, oh, it's either this or this. Hey, I'm an unbiased fan. Kind of sucks that their last album with David only got to number two because Adele was the queen of the charts at that time. <laughs> and she swept the Grammy Awards, too. Yep. And on top of that, um, to set the record straight, Interscope did squat for promotion because it wasn't either Eminem or Lady Gaga. Because <laughs> if it was either of those two, they'd get promoted like hookers on a, in a brothel. Well, probably if they stayed with Warners, they probably would have got promoted. Yeah, well, actually, they're back with Warner Brothers now. Yeah, on the new album, it's back to Warner Brothers. Well, yeah. Eddie, Eddie uh, re-signed to do their old catalog through Warners yep. to disturb you itself. So. Yeah, Van Halen Productions, because Eddie owns the Masters, under license to Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's the smartest thing. Musicians need to own their music or we're going to get screwed by the record companies. Yeah. Just like with Def Leppard, they can't release their uh, Pyromania and their Hysteria. they got to go in and re-record them. (laughs) Luckily, uh, Pink Floyd owned their Masters. Genesis owned their Masters. Rush owned their Masters because of the Anthem Entertainment imprint on their CDs now. Yep. Smart, smart guys. Exactly. Even the Who were smart, having they owned the rights of their catalog. Yep. Anyway, we digress, but Pound Cake, an excellent opening song. The next song is probably my favorite on the entire album, Judgment Day. And this song was not about the Terminator 2 movie that came out at the same time, (laughs) but... An excellent heavy rocker, which, in fact, Eddie Van Halen used his Kramer 5150 for the last time on a Van Halen song on this track. And that guitar was with him through a lot of the classic shit that he did. And that song is just awesome, heavy, fast, proving that Sammy could do a fast, heavy, hard rocker when he wanted to. And this song did not disappoint. His vocal on it is just incredible. You know, the, the music on it. Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar's high-pitching shrieks at the end. I'm like, whoa. Eddie's guitar solo kicking ass. And Alex proven why he is one of the greatest drummers of all time. And very criminally underrated, I might add, too. Judgment Day is excellent. Mark? Yeah, that's my favorite. I think this is my favorite Sammy Hagar song from Van Halen of all time. It's just the, the beginning of the song. It's my life. Get off my ass. Get out of my face. Man, I see no problem. Kicking back and kicking you. <laughs> I love that 
beginning of the song. Whoa, yeah. the way he goes. <laughs> freaking awesome. And then the freaking rhythm of the song is like, wah, 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 wah. Cut it out until Judgment Day. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. And then, it, and then before the guitar solo, the ba da 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 and then Eddie ripping the guitar solo from hell on that uh, Kramer 5150 Frankenstein guitar of his. Yeah, I don't see why people say Sammy made them weak, man. This freaking song is like harder than any David song to me. Exactly. Fucking Eddie was the one who wanted to put the synthesizers and keyboards on the later albums. Yeah, Dave said, man, you're a guitar player. Don't play no keyboards, man. <laughs> Don't put no key fucking keyboards on this album. I'll fuck your girlfriend, pal. <laughs> hey, you better not uh, hit on my wife, Dave, or I'll kick your ass. Uh, I went to Dave's show on the uh, Skyscraper tour. I had a shirt that said, Every woman's best friend, every man's nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking... Well, yes, folks, we're unbiased to both lineups of Van Halen. We love them both. Yeah. And you can do that. It's not a, a cardinal sin to like both lineups, ladies and gentlemen, as we prove on this show. No, nah, it's not like in the movie uh, Airheads, where where do you stand on Hagar and Roth? <laughs> yeah. And, of course, uh, don't forget the movie Joe Dirt, where uh, David Spade goes, Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everybody wanted to choose sides. I just stayed on both ends. <laughs> yeah, just like with me in Genesis, I sided with both Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. And with Pink Floyd, I'm partial to uh, David Gilmore and Rick Wright and Roger Waters and Sid Barrett. like it all. Well, I didn't even know uh, Peter Gabriel was in freaking Genesis until I saw his... I liked his solo album, So, yes. and I liked other albums by him and i went back and checked and i go oh wait he was the original singer of genesis and then i heard the lamb lies down on broadway i go this song is freaking awesome <laughs> yep we will review that album on a future episode ladies and gentlemen yeah that that's a great album right there absolutely next on the carnal knowledge album we diversed off topic folks is a song called spank which is mid-tempo but an excellent song nevertheless Continuing on the on the uh, theory on why this album was the best album Sammy Hagar did with Van Halen, all rock and still a little mid tempo, but still kicking ass. And a little factoid: most of this album was played live, except for one track, mind you. And uh, we'll tell you which track it is, although they did a part of it via instrumental. When we get to it, what's your opinion on "Spanked, My Man"? Spanked. This song was written about the 1-900 numbers. Remember those? Yes. <laughs> you get on there and listen to some some women saying, oh, baby, oh, baby. So Sammy wrote a song about it. And, Frick, I remember when I called those numbers and my mom got the phone bill. Oh, boy, I was in trouble. <laughs> oh I didn't know God. they cost money. <laughs> this is an awesome song. I love Sammy's humor. They said he didn't have any humor like David. Come on, this song is freaking hilarious. Call him up on the spank line. One nine hundred spanked. <laughs> I, I can even see David singing this. <laughs> yeah, and I could picture him doing a rant, uh, singing it live, and adding his own little bullshit to it. Yeah. And um, I wasn't allowed to do those one nine hundred numbers because I had an army sergeant father who would have kicked my ass to hell and back. Well, I was a latchkey kid. My mom didn't know what I was doing till she got the bill. <laughs> Oh my god. Trouble. Holy shit. Yeah. 
those are the days when when you could do that shit nowadays you know kids are doing whatever the hell they want because their parenting the parenting skills these days are too lenient yeah well i just called them to see what the hell they were i i didn't call any of those porno ones i called like music ones and and trivia ones and stuff like that I couldn't even do Rockline until 2002 because uh, I was afraid of uh, pissing my parents off calling Rockline. Right. I won on Rockline. I won the Don Henley CD into the Innocence. Wow! And on Rockline, I actually won the best, very best of Super Tramp and talked to them. In fact, I got to uh, on the last episode. You heard me talk to Dennis DeYoung on Rockline, and I will play. You know, my Super Tramp appearance was my first of five appearances on. On that show, the highlight for me though was Nick Mason, the Pink Floyd, when I talked to him in 2005. Dang, that's awesome. Yeah, and I have also met David Gilmore on a web chat in 2002, so I've met two of my favorite members of Floyd. Uh, I wish I could. I, the guy I want to meet is like a. I'd like to meet. I'd like to meet David Lee Roth. <laughs> It'd be awesome to talk with that guy. I'd Probably has more it. stories than Walt Disney. Exactly. I'd meet him and uh, Sammy Agar I could shoot the breeze with, too. He just seems like a chew, cool, chillassic dude, you know? Yeah, with his flip-flops and his beach and his rum and his tequila. Yes. <laughs> his funny stories about uh, his how he got into Montrose and how he left. Yeah. Last tango in Paris. Yeah. Anyways, back to Hagar's third album with Van Halen. And the second single from Carnal Knowledge and an excellent rocker called Runaround. This song is just up-tempo, heavy, rocking at its finest. Hagar's vocal on it is excellent. This song, like Pound Cake, appeared on the two-CD Best of Both Worlds compilation released in 2004. Excellent choice, I might add, because it was a big hit. And, of course, from Sammy's scream at the, at the end of the second course into Eddie Van Halen's guitar soul, perfect segue. In fact, they did a step higher, a semitone higher on the Carnal Knowledge Tour. So instead of it being an A flat, it was an A natural. And the A natural was pretty awesome. And both versions of the song, studio and live, were kick-ass. What do you think, my man? Yeah, that song's kick-ass. I was kind of disappointed when I saw them in concert. They didn't have the stage that went in circles. I thought that would have been cool if they took that with them <laughs> from the video. Yeah. yeah, this song is kick-ass. It's got a chorus that won't leave your head for days. <laughs> Here we go, round, round, round. She's giving me the round, round, round. <laughs> uh, round, round, and then I'm going to break yeah. it. Yeah, it's harder. It's hard. You make it harder. Yeah. Do the satisfy. Yeah, there's a little bit of David Lee Roth and Sammy right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So right there, folks, we've proved the fact that Sammy Hagar could be funny and hilarious when given time to do it. And give you some good sexual innuendos here and there. <laughs> exactly. And, of course, let's not forget he did the Hello, Baby at the beginning yeah. of the Good Enough on 5150 and on the live album that recorded from this tour before Pound Cake. Yeah, I have that, for, I have that concert live without a net. That was awesome. Yeah, filmed at the uh, New Haven Coliseum in 1986. In fact, uh, MTV showed the full version of Best of Both Worlds where they did a snippet of Addicted to Love on the Video Music Awards via satellite in 86. Yeah, I remember when MTV used to show Saturday night concerts. Oh, those are the days. <laughs> yes. yes. In fact, I was a kid, but I watched MTV religiously. In fact, they had to kick me off the TV to watch some crap because I was watching music videos. 
Yeah, I was like, I was like freaking in poltergeist holding the TV, watching MTV. Yes. <laughs> They're oh, here. No. Yes. Especially when it came to videos from Russia, Pink Floyd, they had to try and chisel me. That's why we had two t- two TVs with cable in my house. Yeah, I just had I had the old box TV with the freaking like the case around it, the wood case and the rollers, yes. and we had freaking uh. Uh, what is it called? It pliers to turn the channel because the knobs always broke off of those things. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. No remote control. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, run around, excellent song, and then we end side one of the cassette with the song Pleasure Dome, which was based upon the story of Xanadu and Kublai Khan. The lyrics were written about it. But this song, like, is the other heaviest song in the album, and kick ass, and I friggin' dig it. But the trouble was, they didn't play this full song live on the uh, Carnal Knowledge Tour. They only played the intro for it because it went into a drum solo from Alex Van Halen, which was kick-ass. But they could have performed the whole song, then the drum solo. Because this song would have been perfect live start to finish. This song is friggin' awesome. I don't know. When I saw... This song's really great, too. When I... Speaking of drum solos, when I saw Van Halen last, Alex didn't even do one, and Eddie barely did a guitar solo. It was, like, weird. Because every time I've seen him with Haggard, there was a long solo, there was a long drum solo, and freaking a long guitar solo. Well, Eddie had his, but not as long as he usually did. He went into three, started with 316, which we'll get to later. (laughs) But this song is really awesome, and... Another song about sex, I guess. Well, you said Kubla Khan, but, you know, about sexual innuendos coming up in this song. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was uh, sexual innuendo about uh, in Pleasure Dome. Thank you for teaching me that. <laughs> well, come on. He's talking about getting pleasure. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Thinking of the song Xanadu by Rush. Yeah. We, you know, the stand within the Pleasure Dome, decreed by Kubla Khan. Yeah, Thank Rush for- does it. Rush doesn't sing about sex like Van Halen does. <laughs> yes. Neither does Pink Floyd, but I love both no. three bands. Yep. Anyways, you flip the cassette over to side two, and we begin with In and Out, and In and Out is just like the five previous tracks. Excellent. Not much more to say, but I friggin' dig it. What do you think? Yeah, this song's awesome. You, you listen to it, they got you going in, they got you coming out. Same amount. In and Out, it's talking about debt. Like everybody had back then, we were all poor <laughs> in the '90s. It was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't like the '80s where we all had money. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of a social song to me. And plus, when I first saw it, I used to work at In-N-Out Burger over here in the South in California. Oh so I was going, God. "Look, a song's named after In-N-Out Burger." That's <laughs> such an idiot. <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. Yeah, it's very funny that my father went back in the military at the time this album was released because. Uh, we were in financial trouble. In fact, we had to drive a taxi cab in December of 90 and January 91 so we could have a Christmas and I could have a birthday. And my mother had a lot of money from a settlement she got from a car accident she was in years earlier. And she wound up blowing all that money on my brother JJ and I. I wound up with every album I could possibly imagine. My brother wound up with more uh, clothes, than a, than a clothing, than a sporting goods store. I'd rather have the albums. <laughs> I had the albums. Yeah. And he used to complain about me upgrading... Uh, Al- copies of albums I wore out on cassette because cassettes wore out rather quick if you played them too much like I did. Yeah, especially if your heads are dirty and then they got tore up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I had to replace Pink Floyd's The Wall three times in one month. Remember getting rubbing alcohol on a Q-tip and yep. cleaning your cassette decks? <laughs> yep. 
Because those cassettes they gave you, those cleaner cassettes, ruined your heads. They were no good. Yes, that's why I did the rubbing alcohol trick, and it worked every time. Yeah, I even learned how to do that with my VCR. <laughs> with wow. a longer Q-tip. Yeah, yeah, works like a charm. Yep. Anyways, the next track is Man on a Mission, and this song was on a mission to greatness. But then, dee-dee-dee-dee, right into the heavy song that it is, continuing with the heaviness... And an old honorable mention to Andy Johns and Ted Templeman, who Van Halen reunited with to produce this fine album. Ted Templeman was like, hey, this is the Van Halen I want. Andy Johns, who had worked with Led Zeppelin and the Stones, and even come off, came off the success of the first two Cinderella albums to produce this, to help produce and engineer this masterpiece. And um, he was just a great engineer, great producer. We wish... Andy Johns was still with us. God rest your glorious soul. Did a great job in this album. And it's fall in the live album from this tour. Man on a Mission, excellent. What do you think? Yeah, I love this song too. I don't think there's a song I don't like on this album. I really enjoy this song. Man on a Mission, let's talk more action <laughs> with no distractions. <laughs> That's an awesome song. Again, there goes Sammy with his... Uh, Talking about sex again, like they say he's he's a uh, what do they call him? They call him no balls. He's always talking about using them. <laughs> yep. And this song proved it, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. And next on the album is a an excellent deep track, "The Dream Is Over," which sees Eddie Van Halen using almost every guitar style on this track. The fucking normal soloing, and then for the first time since "Dirty Movies" on "Fear Warning," some slide guitar. Right before he morphs to the ending, which he does with his fingers. I'm like, oh my god, how the hell was he playing three different styles and just one, you know, in the intro, the in the chorus, and, you know, the intro, and then the coming out of the guitar solo section. And I'm like, how the hell did he do that? Oh yeah, multi-track recording, because, uh, you know, he would, he would do the slide part over the rhythm part, and then all of a sudden he would do the do-do-do-do-do-do-do with his fingers. And I was like, Wow. This song is awesome, excellent, and Mark will probably have to concur with me on it. Yeah, I totally concur with you on this dream, another dream. This dream is over, you know. It's like, oh, man, you hate it when a good dream ends. <laughs> this song is yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I hate it when a good song ends because you're wanting more of it. Yeah, and then you have to go back freaking cassettes. You had to hit rewind. Now you just go to track. <laughs> yeah. Just go back on the track. Luckily, this was the first Van Halen album I ever acquired on uh, studio album I acquired on CD when it was released, I might add. So I had the luxury of that. Yeah, CD was awesome. Yeah. And now I look at CDs, I go, man, records sound so, sounded so much better. <laughs> yeah, but at the time, the record labels were being too chintzy not to press the album. The only way you could get this on vinyl is via Columbia House back in the day. Dang, I remember Columbia House uh, when uh, Garage Days re-revisited with that the, that's the only way I could get it on CD, and unfortunately, somebody stole it from me. <laughs> oh my God, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting then how record clubs used to be our one of our many ways of grabbing albums and things. Yeah, I, I was sad when BMG went out of business. I was still a member. I yes. like to buy one CD, get one free. You get sales all the time from them. Exactly. And the yep. last thing I did from BMG in 2007-2008 was the Genesis reissue, so I had to have backups from the box set because I didn't know how limited that box set was going to be. Yeah, I wish I would have got some Genesis back then. I got a lot of good stuff, though. I got some John Mellencamp <laughs> and right. remasters and some stuff. When I, you know, My favorite Columbia House story, before we talk about the next few tracks, was in 93 when I ordered uh, 
some CDs was Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast, Kiss Alive, Rush Chronicles, Ozzy's Diary of a Madman, No Rest for the Wicked, and No More Tears. Dang, that's a great collection right there. Yes. No More Tears. Well, I love that album. <laughs> I love that album. That was Ozzy's last, best, last perfect album as far as I was concerned. Yeah, I think uh, Down to Earth was pretty, pretty underrated if you listen to it. Yeah, Osmosis wasn't bad either. I mean, Geezer playing on it and Rick Wakeman playing keyboards on it sold it for me. Yeah. And um, but um, you know, Number of the Beast on CD. Sheesh, I played that so many times. Dang, I didn't. Get, I got into Maiden late because I'm a Christian and I really thought they were evil. Thought they were bad <clears throat> until I started reading their lyrics like an idiot. I just assumed I saw Devil in the cover. Stay away from me. But I had yes. Motley Crue shout at the Devil. I said, yes. well, they're shouting at the devil. That's better. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Stupid kid's mind works. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I was, I was, um, I started going to church in 1987 and I'm, I wasn't baptized till 88 because my family were too lazy to have me baptized. So I'm Catholic. So te- yes, I am a Christian, ladies and gentlemen. And my father didn't care about the album cover. He just saw the title. He thought the cover, I go, dad, it's not satanic. He goes, oh, okay. Get it. Yeah. Very permissive. And then, you know, he's like, hope you don't turn it. I go, Dad, it's escapism. And then he read the lyrics. He goes, wow, I guess they're they're not condoning devil worship. I go, yeah. In fact, if you read the back of the Number of the Beast album, they would recite from Revelations in the Bible. Was, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's having a dream about the end times. That's all he was doing in that song. Exactly. And I thought it was evil. Just but My friends used to put it in my face. Look, evil, evil, <laughs> evil. And I go, yeah. <laughs> And then years later, my friend, gave, when I was working at In-N-Out, gave me a Power Slave. And, oh, my God, this band is not <clears throat> evil at all. <laughs> I, I was a fan of Maiden since uh, my first, since I heard Somewhere in Time. And then I just was hooked on it from 87 forward. Yeah, I'd be watching the videos for that and liked it, but I didn't want to buy it because I thought it was evil. <laughs> just like the Killery Was Here album cover used to scare the shit out of me until I yeah. saw the video, the concert film for Caught in the Act. Yeah, the Number of the Beast album scared the crap out of me, the cover. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Even the Animals album cover petrified me as a four-year-old. I thought those pillars were, were, were a monster. It turned out it was the towers of a, a, of a building in England with the pig flying over it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we digress, people. The next song is called Right Now, and it was the most, most famous song from the album, and the only song in the album to feature some keyboards played by Eddie Van Halen. No synthesizers, but a piano and an organ. Those are the keyboards played on this track, and the best song Van Halen did with keyboards, no direct and synthesizers, it doesn't sound dated, and the lyrics are very relevant to even today. Don't want to wait till tomorrow, because all you got is now. There's no tomorrow, yesterday's gone, all you got is the here and the now, and the song is just says it all right now. Excellent song. And I don't know what the hell they were thinking letting uh, Pepsi use it for a commercial in 92 after this album was released. But Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, Crystal <laughs> Pepsi, which tank, thank, thank the good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it anyways. I've always been a Coca-Cola guy myself. Me too. Yes, and I used to call uh, Pepsi uh, Coke with extra sugar. <laughs> Uh, Pepsi, remember Laverne and Shirley, Milk and Pepsi? <laughs> oh, my God. You never yeah. saw Laverne and Shirley? Happy yeah. Days spinoff, yeah. Laverne used to drink milk and Pepsi. <laughs> oh, my God, that's funny. Milk and Pepsi. Yeah, I tried and, it one time. It was nasty. <laughs> good thing I didn't try it. I, tr- I tried uh, Pepsi with uh, grape juice. It didn't work. <laughs> Only works with whiskey, but you don't drink. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm allergic yeah. to alcohol, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But I think the song right now is excellent. Mark? Yeah, yeah it's a very great... I love the song. Kind of get burned out on it because it was played so much. And there's a story about the video, the making of the video. Sammy was like running a fever. Didn't want to do the video. That's why he's hardly in it. <laughs> and you see them running to the bathroom at the end. He really hated the concept of the video. But you know what? It won so many awards on the MTV Music Awards. He was up there getting the awards for it. <laughs> yep, that was in 1992. That was the last good video music awards worth watching on until 96 anyway. Yeah. That was when we had Kiss Reunite in the original Van Halen Reunite. But the 92 awards, Van Halen won so many awards. And Queen won an award. So I was very happy for them on that one too. Well, Eddie wanted to kick David's ass for shooting his mouth off on that show though. He was pissed. In See 96. the after interviews? The yeah. after interviews of that? Yeah. He goes, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Tonight's about your. Tonight's about me, man, not your fucking hip. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you? I won't mention my hip. You better not. <laughs> yeah, and this look on Eddie's face in the after interview, man, he was just ranting about David. How pissed off he was. If I ever see you again, Dave, you better be wearing a cup, and it's yeah. not a coffee cup, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> As Alex said. Yeah. But fucking right now, excellent song. And that leads into Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. No. <laughs> 316, not not a tribute to Stone Cold Steve Austin, but an instrumental that Eddie Van Halen started as a intro to his guitar solos on the 5150 tour, which then catalysted into an instrumental for his then-newborn son, Wolfgang, who's now the bass player for Van Halen. And in fact... They did do this live again in 2004 on the ill-fated Van Hagar tour with um, Wolfgang actually playing this uh, da 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 perfectly. And uh, just an excellent little acoustic instrumental, a little different from the norm from what you heard from Van Halen at that time. I think a great piece of music. What do you think? I think it's really awesome. I seen them in 2004. Luckily, I didn't see them when Eddie was totally drunk off his ass because they played a great show in Anaheim. But I heard the Arizona show before that was like, uh, Sammy just wanted to beat him down. Uh, yeah, I saw Wolfgang, Wolfie come out with him and play it with him sitting on stage. It was pretty awesome. I wish people would lay off Wolfie. He's a very, he's a great musician. He's also playing with Tremonti on their new album from uh, tr from uh, Alter Bridge and uh, uh, Creed. <sighs> Yes. <laughs> Mark, um, Mark Tremonti is an awesome guitar player. If you ever want to pick up one of his <clears throat> albums, especially with uh, especially with uh, Alter Bridge. Yes, I mean with Alter Bridge, you know, I don't. I mean the musicians in Creed are great. It's just Scott Stapp. Oh my God, he thinks he was Eddie friggin' Vetter for fuck's sake. <laughs> I thought he was out before Vetter, wasn't he? No, they were after, huh? Yeah, they were after exactly. Rod Vetter. Like I thought, least, I thought he thought he was Jim Morrison. <laughs> yeah, Jim Morrison, Committee, Vetter sound alike. Fucking, yeah. at least with Pearl Jam at that stage, uh, Mike McCready was shredding like friggin' mad on a live and things, and even flow. At least he had yeah. guitar solos going like friggin' mad. Yeah, Mike McCready's a big metal fan too. <laughs> yep, and Eddie Van Halen was one of his biggest influences, obviously, because if you listen to the solo on a live on the first album, you're like, whoa, he can shred. He's been on that metal show talking about his influences. And he's also in a UFO cover band right now, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, folks. 
That proves that dispels the myth that grunge killed metal. It sent metal underground. It didn't really kill it. <laughs> well, grunge is kind of dead, more dead than metal is right now. Metal's like having a resurgence. Yes, exactly. Look up, look up on the Facebook all these groups that are starting with for metal bands and. Yep. It might not be selling as much, but the concerts are selling out. That's exactly. the most important thing. Of course. And, of course, we end this album with what the band was, from, and still is technically, on top of the world. And this song was also the closing song in the final encore on the Carnal Knowledge Tour. And this song is just a heavy, excellent rocker. Hey, baby, there ain't no easy way out. Standing <laughs> on top of the world for a little while well, Van Halen have been on top of the rock and roll world for 37 some odd years and counting so they've not ever left the top of the mountain they're still on top of the mountain and this song is an excellent rocker and was the fourth of uh, fourth song from this album to be represented on that 2004 best of called best of both worlds the other ones were right now run around and pound cake I think a great way to end the best Van Halen album without Sir David what do you think? Yeah, this song is a really good ending for it. It's really catchy. Good video for it too. I miss, I miss, I miss the video channel. I wish MTV would just. They tried, didn't they? Try to make MTV two and three, but then they just started putting reality on there, all of them. Why don't yes. they just make a Beavis and Butthead channel? I'd watch that all day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, this song's really, really good. And uh, I remember Eddie Carry talking on. in an interview one time that. Uh, that Sammy's the best vocalist he ever worked with, that he has so much range that he could write anything for his voice. He could play anything with Sammy's voice. And uh, that it was much much better being with Roth than, than him. But I guess that him getting drunk and stupid uh, took took that away. <laughs> That's what happens with Roth. But, uh, you know, Sammy Hagar was more focused and more alert and wide awake at the shows, whereas Roth was like, Roth was like either coked out of his brain or drunk. Fuck, I missed the lyric, man. <laughs> I, I forgot the in words, man. <laughs> and everybody Lane. everybody in the audience is all drunk anyways. They're going, yeah! <laughs> and Michael Anthony's bass solo sounded like elephants when he went to the... <laughs> Him and his Jack Daniels signature guitar. <laughs> yep. that's And he didn't debut it until the uh, 1984 tour. Yeah, that was an awesome guitar. That was that's one of the best bases I've ever seen in my entire life. But uh, top of the world, hang on a sec. I know, Dad. Anyways, um, top of the world, excellent sign. And on top of that, trying to think what else. Yeah, MTV should try and come back with a music channel because, you know, I remember the Beavis and Butt episode where they played just a gigolo from David Lee Roth, and he goes, "This guy used to be the lead singer of Van Halen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. <laughs> David David wishes he would kick Sammy Hagar's ass. <laughs> it, it was it was funny when I first heard California Girls on the radio when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I woke up and I go, "Freaking Van Halen sounds crap." <laughs> I first heard California Girls. I thought it was a Van Halen song. I didn't know he left the band. <laughs> I didn't know he left the band either. Yeah, and of course Eddie Van Halen's classic response to that was. You know, he blindsided us because he did that crazy from the heat thing. We thought we'd get rid of his creative tension or whatever, and he'd come back and do another record, but instead he quit, and we were in shock. Yeah, people don't realize that David's the one who left the band. He didn't get kicked out. 
and they blame Sammy for coming in. What do you want them to do? Change, make a new band and not call it Van Halen? Come on, he's the greatest guitar player of all time. Why not yes. use it? It's his band. Let him use his name. Yes, David Lee Roth quit of his own accord because he thought he was going to be the next big movie star. Yeah, <laughs> that never happened. Yeah. And was he ever was, in a movie? <laughs> nope. But his, uh, after his first two solo albums, did well once, well, enough, didn't do as well as uh, the previous two albums. And this album kicked Carnal, well, uh, enough's ass down on the charts, but in sales and concert attendance. You know, David Lee Roth's rain, you know, party guy shtick was over for a long while. Yeah, D David uh, dying his hair. <laughs> bleaching it still and he looked like an old man at least yeah. now he just shaved it all off it looked bad <laughs> yes and fucking eddie van halen's now graying but you know he's naturally 60 years old let him be gray yeah eddie looks great now yes especially yeah, that you really finally good. get especially uh getting trying to get clean and sober a second time the second time proved to be the uh charm because he did get clean and sober around the time of balance but then he relapsed after van halen three tanked yeah I liked Van Halen 3. I like Gary Sharon. Gary Sharon said about that album, he goes, you know what? We had more time in the studio to work on these songs. They would have been great because we worked them out on in concert. We got them down right in concert. And if we would have recorded them the way we played them in concert, it would have been a hit album. Yeah, the trouble was fucking corn and shit came out at that time with their detuned guitars and things. There was no place for Van Halen. Boo freaking who? Yeah, you got to give it to Gary, though. He played David and Sammy songs. Yeah. He could do both. He did both very, very well. And he actually, he did pull it off because there was one of the, you know, there, you know, I didn't even see, I've yet to see any carnation of Annie on live. But um, that right here, right now, but that, um, you know, Gary Sharon album, although it went gold, it didn't sell as well as the previous albums. Well, the album cover kind of sucked, too. Come on. Yes. <laughs> that was like an old freaking picture, no work into it. Just let's like let's take this picture of a fat guy getting hit with a freaking freaking cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, and then coming three years after Balance, which funnily enough, Balance came out on my nineteenth birthday in nineteen ninety five, funnily enough. January twenty fourth, nineteen ninety five. I saw the balance balance concert, that was awesome. Wow. Freaking Collective Soul open for them. I like that band too. They're kind of eclectic. I like girl. Heaven let your light shine down. In fact, my sister, my second oldest sister, saw them open for Aerosmith, and she said Aerosmith sucked compared to Collective Soul. Oh, Collective Soul was great. Absolutely. <laughs> I would like to see them again. At least they're still going. Of course. It was an excellent. Uh, you know, that was an excellent show. She was like, you know. Van Halen, I mean, not Van Halen, but fucking um, Aerosmith was just extremely horrible at the, um, you know, Collective Soul blew them away. I'm like, oh my God, heaven let your light shine down upstage, Steven Tyler and company. She's like, Steven Tyler can't even sing anymore. I go, I, I wonder how much lip syncing uh, Tyler does now. Well, I, I heard that he was a uh, relapse back in, the, in those days, so maybe he was going back to his 70s. <laughs> yes. And trying to sleep with Britney Spears at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, Eddie Trunk oh. says he sounds really great now that he's seen him lately. So I don't know. I haven't. I've been wanting to see them. I just haven't had any money. <laughs> I've seen. Um, I mean, Rush. You know, Getty Lee sounds pretty phenomenal now. Sammy Hagar still sounds great at his age. 
Yeah, Sammy, Sammy kicks Sammy kicks it. I kind of his last couple of solo albums are kind of lagging now. <laughs> yeah, but we'll give him a pass. He's getting older and older. But yeah. our favorite Van Hagar era albums, um, there's only four of them, so we'll just rank them least favorite to favorite. Number four would be 5150, controversial for me. Number three would be OE812. Number two is Balance. And number one is the album we just reviewed. Mine would be number uh, four, uh, Balance. Number three, OU812. Number two, 5150. I love that album. I love freaking Dreams. The guitar solo in Dreams yes. just kicks ass and freaking get up, make it work, make it work. I love oh. that song. Just gets you going. And Summer Nights. Summer That's Nights really is freaking killer too. And my number one is da, 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 A Lawful Carnal Knowledge, the fuck album. <laughs> yes. A number one seller for three weeks in the summer of 91, the year that the rock album came back to number one and kicking ass. And this was one of three or four hard rock albums to hit number one that year. Skid Row was first, then Van Halen, then Metallica, funnily enough. Yeah, I remember when, um, I think speaking of 5150, came out i i had it my and i had docking tape uh what was that uh unlock under lock and key and my friend goes man i trash that freaking 5150 fuck hagar i hate him and i go oh you want to hear docking he goes fuck yeah <laughs> we played docking instead <laughs> oh my god yeah metalheads were so narrow in those days they thought sammy hagar was the black plague yeah, they kind of still are now. <laughs> look, look on this, a couple pages around here. <laughs> yes, on the on the Facebook page, there's Facebook pages, listeners, where there's a lot of people who still have hatred towards one Sammy Hagar for no apparent reason, and they like to throw out '70s images of him from a Midnight Special. I'm like, have you heard anything from '81 to '87? I I think yeah. not. His '81 to '87 solo stuff is incredible, including. <laughs> Go ahead. Come on, Trans Am Highway was a classic in the 70s. I love that song. <laughs> I've yet to hear 70s uh, solo. Really? You haven't heard Red? Nope. Red, I want red. Some like it hot. I like it red. Okay. That's how he got the name to Red Rocker. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll check out some 70s Hagar in the yeah. future. So some I'll of be... it's kind of cheesy, but he's got some classic ones going on yeah. still. But Standing Hampton, Three Lock Box, VOA, I Never Said Goodbye were all classic albums as far as I was concerned. Yeah, those are those are those are his best right there. Exactly. Well, I, I kind of like the Wabos too, is uh, uh, Marching to Mars and yep. uh, Mass Tequila's album, freaking yes. Red Voodoo. I love mm -hmm. those, and then he kind of lagged after those two albums. <laughs> yes, and then my and the Chicken Foot albums are excellent too. I actually have to say. Yeah, Chicken Foot surprises me because I guess maybe he has Joe in there and Michael yep. because freaking, I guess, he does it all on his own on his, with the Wabos that he need like David, he needs some freaking spectacular musicians around him to get his juices going. Exactly. Yeah. And my favorite Van Hagar era songs at number five has to be Get Up. I fucking love that tune. Well, number, yeah. Number four would probably be uh, this is a deep track on OU812, All Fucked Up, Naturally Wired, AFU. <laughs> Although they had to sing All Fired Up, but we know what AFU really stood for, All Fucked Up. <laughs> number three, It's About Time from the Best of Both Worlds compilation. Number two is Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do from Balance. And Numero Uno, Judgment Day from 
the album we just reviewed. I think mine would be, yeah, Get Up. I love that song. So what does he say in the song? He goes, I got up, brought, bought some brand new shoes. Now I walk like someone else. Hey! <laughs> it you sounds like he's making... But, you threw that love and love, but that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I think he's talking about Roth right there. He came yeah. into Van Halen. And now he's walking like David. <laughs> yep. And a freaking... Uh, I like uh, Black and Blue off of OU812. Really That's good an honorable blue. mention. Yeah, really good bluesy song. Freaking, I love Kava Waba. That's a great one, too. And freaking uh, Dreams. Excellent and for, song. And then my my first one has to be freaking uh, Judgment Day. Oh, yes, you and I are concurring right on the money, and we're not riding on each other's nuts either about that, folks. <laughs> nope. And on that particular note, we're now, before we pick our album picks of the moment we're gonna let you know that we're on podbean as always we're also on itunes join our facebook page terrence reared and experience hit the link mark and i will approve you because we're both the administrators of the page we'll approve your asses in three seconds flat and uh we're on vimeo still i have yet to get more videos up but rome wasn't built in a day but they will be up eventually and once eight youtube stopped being a bunch of dicks i'll put my video versions up on there as well my album pick of the moment, instead of doing a Pink Floyd one this particular uh, week, which I did this last episode, I'm going to go with Rush this time around in their last studio album, Clockwork Angels, which I think is my second favorite Rush album of all time, after Signals, funnily enough. And this album has a lot of great moments on it. Uh, the Garden, the title track, The Anarchists, Seven Cities of Gold, so many great songs, B.U.T.B., Caravan... This whole album is perfect as far as I'm concerned. You can buy it on CD, virgin on 180 gram double vinyl, which I have both the CD and the vinyl. Buy it now, folks. This album is just excellent. Mark, Classic. Your, exactly. Mark, what's your pick of the moment? My pick of the moment would be an EP by Anthrax called Anthems. They do Anthem by Rush on it. They also do TNT, they do Smokin' from Boston, they do Keep On Running from Journey, Big Eyes from Cheap Trick, Jailbreak from ACDC, and uh, the song Crawl that was on their album Worship Music, a remix and a, the original version. Wow. It's a freaking, that version of Anthem is just smoking. And so is freaking Keep On Running, man. You never heard a Journey song that hard. <laughs> yes. I gotta check that shit out. Yeah, so it's on, only like five ninety nine. <laughs> we'll we'll have to we'll have to grab it. So yeah, on that, this is awesome. Excuse me. Exactly. Anyone who covers Rush, they better do a, a great job on it. You know, Anthrax does the best covers of any band I've ever heard. Like if you, Sound of White Noise, they do another Cheap Trick song on there. They do yeah. Alpha Vita Saint. Frickin' with John Bush kicks ass on that one. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Uh, yeah, and I'm the man. They I've never heard Anthrax do a bad cover. Yeah, they were excellent at doing covers, you know. It's it's a shame that they weren't really... I mean, I was a little harsh on them on Among the Living on my old show, and um, now I think it probably it sounds like gold compared to the music that's out today. Oh, yeah. But for now, this is Terrence. And this is Mark. Saying farewell to thee. And God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Terrence and Mark Experience. So please tune back on in in a few more days, and we'll have another episode on whatever album comes to our minds. Again, thank you all for listening. This show is copyright 2015 TJR Rock Sponge Incorporated, all rights reserved.
Once again, God bless everybody and good night.